this chat, this podcast, it's always <laughs> gets me nervous as fuck. Like, yeah, for I sure. Mean, it's, okay. it's not yeah. true. Being nervous is good. I've learned that like when you're nervous, it's just like your, your body and your mind, like preparing yourself to be more alert, to be, mm. to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Like true. I always, I always skate really good when I'm like nervous beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but there is, there is something that um, if I'm overthinking before, like, especially in the streets, like if I'm overthinking before I'm getting to, I want a certain clip, even in the park, if I want to get like an Instagram clip exactly how I want and I'm nervous and I'm thinking about it and overthinking about it and it just doesn't flow at the moment. Mm. And, and a lot of times I feel like the best, probably the best clips I ever got was just out of the blue. Like right. not even as low, like even complaining uh, the whole day, like, I'm not going to skate today. I'm so fucked. My leg is this, my body is that. And then best clips, you know? So, and then it just happens. It's yeah. more spontaneous. Yeah. You're not like thinking about it too much. I hear you. Yeah. It's like when your, your expectations are too high, like when you wake up in the morning, like, Oh, today's going to be a big day. I'm going to kill it. Then it's like, this day. yeah, sometimes. Now Sometimes it doesn't work out as good. But then when you're just chilling and like, yeah, when you're not thinking about it too much and it just happens, yeah, that's the best. <laughs> so congratulations. I have to congratulate you. Eight years. Eight years, no alcohol. Yeah, you too. You too. Yeah, it was, it was seven years for me. All right. The same yeah. date? Is it the, the 1st of January? Yeah, it was New Year's. So I'm assuming I'm assuming for you it was like a New Year's resolution type thing. I mean, yeah, like not mm, no, not not no. not the not the way to put it. No, I was just uh like I was clean before that for three and a half years and I had like uh uh how do you call it like uh like a relapse it's called right yeah you have to correct me because my english is okay but it's not top notch right okay. so but it was a short and and quick one i uh i was drinking alcohol um before that i was also using drugs i was drinking alcohol and i really didn't enjoy it i was like what the fuck am i doing and then the last time i drank was like in the new year's eve and I threw up and it was, it was bad. It was, and I was like, you know what, whatever it is, is going with my life right now, going back to drinking or doing drugs is definitely not my solution. So I'm just going to stop that and figure out why did like, because I was obviously in a bad period. You don't just go and, and, you know, break a three and a half years cleaning time for nothing. Right. Right. But I was I I clicked I quickly understood that this was not my solution and <clears throat> I went back to being clean even though I didn't figure out my shit yet but I was just I need to be clean first and then see what's going on for sure and yeah in eight eight years since then so yeah that's amazing so yeah. 
what what kind of drugs were you doing? You say I was drinking and Ooh. doing drugs. Oh, good question. All, all kinds of drugs. <laughs> what are we What are we talking? Like 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 uh, um like everything um in the in the in the timeline of of the time that I used drugs and I didn't skate at that time, right? So it's like. It's a good couple of years, like of, of like uh, heavy using, um, no matter what it is, but it was constantly um, since like 14, 15 until like 2021. Uh, hard to say exactly, but that was like my my you know constant uh, ab abusing alcohol and drugs. Um, at first it was weed and uh, and drinking and at some point it was a lot of ecstasy i really liked ecstasy um and then i kind of i kind of lost my mind actually for uh, for a good period of time with the ecstasy and the, and the smoking so i couldn't do that anymore like i had a really terrible experience like a really bad trip even though i didn't take lsd but i had a really bad trip like I, I was about to die right well and then i had to stop with it um but i didn't go to recovery or i didn't i didn't take care of my shit or anything like that right so so i just uh, i just looked for alternatives that are not that i told myself that i need stuff that are not uh psychedelic right that are not psychoactive kind of like on the brain this is what i told myself at the time right yeah. fully in denial and and yeah it's 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 a funny story like eventually i even used heroin for some time yeah there was there was a that period um and and it's funny because it's it's almost like i stumbled into it like it's almost like i i how was it how was it like I, I was selling drugs, right? For at that time, I was like selling like hash and LSD and stuff like this, but I was not using them. I was only selling them. Yeah. And I remember I wanted to sniff cocaine and I already did that just, just once or twice before. And, and I bought some cocaine. Um, well, at least I thought I bought some cocaine, but I actually bought crack, right? So the guy was asking me, do you want like a cooked one? This is how they say it here. They say, you want it cooked or not? And I was like, whatever, I want it cooked. Sounds like the best cocaine, right? <laughs> and, and it's almost funny because you could die if you sniff that shit, right? You should not sniff it, you should smoke it. And I was, I, I had it, I had it on me for like half an hour. And then this, this random dude, like, such a funny story, man this random dude comes to me. I don't know this guy, right? And he, he tells me like, are you Bobby? And imagine like, it's not the same Bobby that you're thinking about, right? It's, it, I'm not skating, I'm not doing any of this stuff, right? I'm just a small time drug dealer, whatever. And, and he comes to me like, I heard you got stuff. And I was like, yeah, what you want, you know? And, uh, he said he was like straight to it. He was like, I don't give a fuck. I want whatever you got. If it's hash, if it's ecstasy, if it's trips, if it's heroin, whatever you got. 
And I was like, okay, I was testing him a little bit to see what, what he's about. And then I told him like, okay, listen, I got some cocaine. You can put in the money. We split half, half. I bought it for 500 shekels and let's sniff it together. And he's like, all right, let's go. And I pulled it out. And apparently he was already experienced. He was already doing heroin and crack all the time. And he was like, bro, you weren't about to sniff that shit. I was like, yeah, why not? Mm. He was like, do you even know what it is? I'm like, cocaine is like, no, man, it's crack. If you sniff it, you can die. Whoa. And I was like, okay, so what do we do with it? And he was like, we smoke it. So we, we went, we bought the, like the, <laughs> funny, why the fuck are we talking about it? But whatever. This is story. <laughs> i'm so far away from that shit but it's still a great story so we bought uh uh you know the thing you put in the in the bong like the the oh, fuck i don't know like the glass the glass you used to smoke you know you have the and bottle the and you put the glass. Yeah. yeah yeah and then you need to put like this uh some kind of metal thing that is used to clean dishes and yep. he put that shit inside and you put the crack on top of it and then you just smoke it. Whoa. And I smoked with him and I was like, I was, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was the craziest shit I ever felt. And, and right at that day, I was like, okay, let's get some more. You know, it was over. And, and the thing is with crack, it's, it's, it's really the devil, the devil drug. You, you get high for like, even in the first times, you get high for like 15 minutes, like you have one minute of a strong high and then a maximum of 15 minutes and then it just fades away like, you know, and you feel the need to have more, like yeah. you would kill for it straight from the first time. It's not like the other drugs when you have that little bit of like, oh, I, I took once or twice and then you find yourself take more. It's like straight to it. You, you're ready to do whatever it takes. Wow. And we, we bought some more and then um, uh, it was done and I was really feeling like I want more. It was already six o'clock in the morning or something. And he was like, uh, I asked him like, what, what do we do now? Like, I need more. And he was like, we have no money already. You know, it's expensive shit, you know? Jeez. And, and he said, like, uh, you could smoke some hash to cool it down. And I'm not smoking at that point. And, and there was no way. Like, I couldn't smoke at all. Like, I had the worst experience. And then he tells me, oh, you can do some heroin. And I was like, okay. I gave it up at that time because I wasn't ready, kind of, for that heroin shit. And I went to sleep. I had the worst sleep. I was kicking middle I was I was suffering like I needed more like nothing I ever felt before you know Ooh. after everything you you smoke you sniff you take a pill you have a urge for more but this one was kind of wow it was fucked up shit the next day obviously like good addict I say hey let's get some more wow. we go we get some more Mind you, I don't even fucking know the guy. Like at that point, I don't even know if I know his name yet. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Jeez. So, so we do the same thing. We I, we smoke, and at the end, same question, right? Six o'clock in the morning. I was like, "What am I doing now?" He was like, "Heroin, bro. This is the only way to go down." 
was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going and feeling the same feelings again. Like, give me that shit. Ooh. And and yeah, so and I did that. It was also it was weird. It's it's wow, first time doing that shit was was crazy, weird feeling. You you sleep awake, you don't know what the fuck is going on. Um and yeah, and then there was a couple of months, maybe close to a year, that I was like kind of smoking crack, doing heroin, uh, drinking alcohol, and then I got to prison, and everything changed after that because it was a really bad experience uh, for me. Like I got, I got obviously caught for selling the drugs. They, they didn't catch me with any drugs. They already had the case, right? So they, they, they had everything they needed. Just lock me in. Like doesn't matter what I have to say or not. And, and yeah, and I guess I can say that prison changed, uh, prison was like a shock for me because. How long were you in prison? I, I was sentenced for one year and three months, right? And, and I did a little bit less because I was on good behavior. But that yeah. first thing is one year and three months. Um, and it, it was a fucked up experience. Like, you know, when, when you're like, mind you, I'm just 19 years old at that time, 18, 19. Like I, I got locked up when I was 19. So I guess yeah. things before and after I was 18, 19. And there was like, there is being a small time punk in your hood doing some bad shit, sometimes meeting up more crazy people, sometimes just people that are not just crazy, they're just addicts or whatever, you know. And then you get to prison and you see the real deal, you know, it's some ugly faces, it's shit's happening there. You're like, okay, I'm not, I don't don't know what the fuck is going on here, but I got nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like if there was, if there was ever something in me that thought that I'm about this life, prison changed it. It was like, these guys are about this life. I'm about something else, but definitely not this. I got some issues, whatever, but not this shit. Yeah. And, and I've seen some stuff there that made me kind of, I was like, Whoa, no fucking way. You know? Yeah. And you don't want that to be you. No, 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 no. And, and, and people got fucked over nothing, over nothing, over a word, over a, over a fucking smile. You know what I mean? And I, I had nothing to do with that. Like, I, it, yeah, I felt it. I felt it like I'm not, be- I don't belong here, right? Yeah. And I, I played the game. I went around the, the, the drips. I was dancing around not fucking with anybody. Sometimes people try to kind of, you know, like telling me like, oh, you're doing this. Like I, I was using the phone and then you see someone who's coming to you and he doesn't want to ask you like, hey, drop the phone in five minutes because I need to make a call or something. No, he was like, ah, you're too much on the phone. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, whatever. I need to go. Not fucking with. Now, mind you, this guy is sitting for a fucking drug, not uh, international drug trafficking, like half <laughs> Pablo Escobar kind of shit. I'm not fucking with you. Fuck it. I dropped the phone. I give him the phone. 
I go back to the room. So I did that for as long as I could. I went out, I got uh, good behavior. And then I was like, um, yeah, then I got out, but mind you, I, I, I still at that point, I'm, I'm not in recovery. I don't understand I have a problem really like deeply like that I need help or whatever. I'm still in my own brain, in my own toxic thoughts, in my own toxic relationship with myself, right? Yeah. And I'm close to any opinions or whatever. I know everything, you know, I guess you know everything about it. Um, and and yeah, and then I, I was at the, I was going to like a treatment in my parole officer and she got me into these 12 step groups. And this was the first time I kind of realized because I was really not willing to, to admit that I have a drug problem because even when I was in prison, I didn't use so many drugs. So I was kind of in a, some kind of denial that okay, I was in prison now for one year and I almost didn't use any drugs. So I'm probably okay, this is not my problem, which is true afterwards, you understand that. But this guy was talking there in, the, in this group and he said like, uh, he said something about losing control over our lives. And this is something that I really felt like I just came out of prison, I'm fucking 20 years old. I don't know what the fuck to do with my life, you know, like I'm, I got out of prison and I felt so uh, depressed and I felt like I had better times in prison than I have outside, which is crazy because I hated that place, right? And, and it touched me. This was the first time I kind of, I managed to kind of open up and say like, okay, I have a problem, I need help. And I did it not by saying that, I did it by admitting that I'm drinking alcohol at that place. Because at that place, they said you have to be clean from everything if you want to stay outside of prison. Now, remember, I have six months on parole. If they know I'm drinking, they're sending me back in for six more months. It's not a fucking day or two, you know what I mean? It's fucking yeah. six months. But I, I went there and I went to the parole officer and I told her, listen, I'm drinking. I don't know what to do. I need help. Do whatever you want with it. And she didn't, she, she didn't like put me back in prison. She was like, okay, from now you're clean and you're gonna get treatment and you're gonna, gonna go to the groups and you're gonna do whatever we tell you. And I was like, I'm open, you know? That was the first time I was open to get some kind of help and and yeah and then the journey be, began with skating too actually like after after two months of being clean i was like um i was like okay what 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 do i love to do who am i well, like well, what's going on I'm not, I'm not a gangster anymore i'm trying a different route in my life i'm clean i don't do drugs i don't i need to step away from my old friends who am i because the first because you had been skating in your younger years right before, before yes. all this yes yeah. i was skating like i didn't really understand skating right yeah. i was like i was really i was really uh i was good at skating in comparison to other kids or whatever i could see at the time right i wasn't not that good but 
in that area, I was considered like a kid with a lot of potential, but I was really in the shallow waters of understanding what blading is, right? Like, right. if I would see Broska skates at that time, I would think that I don't know what the fuck is he doing, and I would rather see someone do a backflip uh, 720 or something, right? That was right. my mindset. Uh, I was really at the shallow waters, but I but I was doing it a lot. And I was even like, the skate park was like half an hour drive. Half an hour drive in Israel, it's, you, you can cross five, six cities in half an hour's drive, right? It's not, it's not the same size as, as you could imagine. So the city, the skate park is in a different city. And in my city where I grew up, uh, in my hood, I was known for to be Bobby who skates. So you can imagine like I am really con connected to it. I'm known to be the kid on rollerblades who's who's doing uh, good tricks, flips, whatever. And, and how how old are we talking? Like how old were you? Uh, like 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 eight to fourteen was the years I was more like consistently skating seven maybe i don't know exactly the time i got my first skate but eight seven wow something like pretty this. young I, yeah yeah wow. i had a k2 k2 the fatty i think the the black and yellow k2 yeah they were they were like three sizes bigger <laughs> um yeah it was not it wasn't we we put like the same thing that you put out of the skate now when you have a new skate you put out the like the paper inside so we put the paper back inside so oh yeah could, <laughs> stuff it, it. yeah yeah <laughs> do you have any footage of these years like uh of you skating as a young very little very little yeah you didn't film much it was just about skating uh, we didn't yeah we didn't really understand it it was not it was just skating i have some photos um so then what but made not, you kind of stop skating at that time? Um, I kind of lost interest. Like I was getting, I was like, depends how you ask, how do you want me to answer this from the deep understanding of today or from the more shallow answer, which is like, oh, I went into drugs and I dropped skating. Like from the deep understanding, I realized that I was just going downhill and everything that was anything is good, I had to put aside. And slowly everything that was good in my life, I put aside. If it was the, I had good friends. I, I didn't have only gangster friends, right? You know, in right. every hood, don't matter how rough is the hood, you can find a really nice people, right? For sure. And I was friends. The, the people who were skating, they were not hood rats, like most of them. They were good, like, not to say that hood brats are necessarily bad people, but they were from, from, from a good neighborhood. They were uh, good kids, like, generally speaking. Um, and yeah, I was moving everybody aside and everything aside. And at some point skating came too. I went to skate slowly. I didn't want to do it as much. Um, I didn't feel it. I didn't understand why I'm doing it. Mind you, I'm still in, the, I'm also like, I'm good at it, but I'm really in the shallow waters. I didn't get deep enough to understand what I'm doing. 
Right. I was just doing. Yeah. And uh, and the more the more I was stepping deeper into addiction, the more I pushed away anything that was keeping me kind of in a good uh, place, which I think maybe there is a good side to it that my skating experience was never related with my addiction. Right. So if some people say that skating is like an addiction for them, or you see that some people take skating to bad places, to I'm, you know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. Some people are like overthinking it, overdoing it, like almost like they lost their mind a little bit when they're doing it. So for me, I had this with other stuff and skating was not there. And um, coming back to skating was always feeling like uh, coming back to to a positive thing, to a good thing that kept me and my mind more healthy and my body more healthy kind of thing, right? Right, that makes sense. And so when and you... I, yeah? Uh, so when you started um, skating again after after all, all the addiction and prison and everything, what was that like when you, when you first started skating oh. again? Oh. <laughs> like my, my first session, my first session was like, uh, it, it was one hour in the vert ramp. There was like a mini vert ramp, it wasn't. Um, probably one hour, probably smoked like 10 cigarettes and I was dead for the whole week afterwards. Like I was in the worst shape you can imagine for 20 years old. Like yeah. I was, my shape was so bad. I can only, I can only understand now how bad it was. You know, right. I see 20 years old now, oh my God. Like I literally, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move for a week later. It was wild. wow. <laughs> and all I could do is like a backflip, a fakey misty flip, and maybe like a backside and a and a soul grinder. Probably not even a soul grinder. But your first session back, you you were doing backflips on the on the vert. Because that's that's what I that's what I did before, right? Yeah. You have to like slowly recover what you can and cannot do. And this is what I this is what I did before. It was pretty much flips and spins and a little bit wow. of grindings. Yeah, um, a lot of transfer. I was skating transition like purely no grind. Uh, I probably got one or two bad bails when I was younger from trying to skate rails or whatever because I didn't really understand rail skating and I was like, okay, that's not for me. Right. I took a bad shinner once. I took one uh, to the side where you lose your air on the rail. Yeah. And I think this was the kind of experience that kind of made me not want to do any any rail skating or not so many grinds in general. Mm. So yeah, I was not I was not doing that, but very quickly I realized that this is what people do now. Like it's 2011. Yeah. We're talking 2011. Yeah, I think so. So it's the Aragon, uh, the Aragon peak. And one of my 
good friends, Yotam, he was a real arrogant, like, uh, admire, admirer, how do you fan, say? Yeah. Like a fan, yeah. So he showed me a lot of Razor stuff back then. And sure, I saw some flips, but I realized this is not what we're doing now. And <laughs> Because uh, in the 90s, when, when I was skating, is late 90s, early 2000s, there was, we didn't have so much videos or so much to, to watch. So we were just watching each other and occasionally going somewhere in a competition or something in Europe and see what other people do. But it wasn't all connected like today, you know what I mean? Right. So I didn't know what we were doing. And he, he kind of showed me the way, like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And I started practicing because I really liked it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was hard, hard comeback. It wasn't like, it, like, it, it wasn't like a John Bolino comeback when he right. was... <laughs> the game and he comes back i was not i was nothing in a nobody and uh, so it took you a lot of time to get uh to get comfortable again skating and yeah and also took me a lot of time to actually do tricks that that make sense in in that era yeah like you know like do you know do you know some of the xccv guys are you aware like of their names, some of them, like Daniel or Omri? No. So this is these are like the Israel crew? Yes. Like this is this is the strong crew today, right? Yeah. The crews always changed. There's Anton, there's Daniel, there's Omri, there's Yair, uh, who's not so much skating right now, but hopefully will make a little comeback. Um, there's you, Max. You still, you still skate with these guys? Mm. all the time yeah they're my homies yeah. so so they opened a new skate park uh in my hometown um a concrete one it was that in these years they started popping skate parks in every city now we have a skate park almost in every city like 10 minutes 15 minutes drive you go to a whole different skate park and then another one and another one each each way you pick in 15 minutes you will have an different skate parks so nice. they were just starting to pop up at the time and when i and omri came and daniel came and anton came and i saw what these guys were doing and i i tried to adapt like i was uh, i was a little bit local like i didn't care to fall so much i was kind of crazy i was throwing stuff that i had no business doing you know what i mean like yes this kind of is the good the good side about being like 20 years old yeah um reckless yeah pretty much yeah and and yeah and i had to learn everything like i was uh, for me i was far from their level or anybody's level at that point right yeah. like and and i think it still shows till today in my skating that i have a weak sides you know, there's stuff, if you look carefully at my skating, there's stuff that you will see that I don't do because I just didn't have the, the years and the time to give a real good practice. And I was in the shallow waters. So like that's, really, that's, that's really funny that you say that because 
something about your skating is it's very, very diverse. Like you do technical grinds, you do you know, like good park skating, you do big gaps, you do slides, you do like toe rolls. You seem to be, you seem to have a very wide array of skills. So it's funny that you say that you have a lot of weaknesses. You're probably more aware of those than other yeah. people. So like, what are your weaknesses in skating? For one, handrail skating, as is. Yeah. I could not do 10% of my trick uh, vocab on a handrail that I can do on a quarter pipe or even on the box. So like I could still skate probably any rail and I can throw some stuff there. And it's like, uh, when it comes to handrail skating, I become way more basic. You understand? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I can surprise myself and I can surprise other guys because they feel like, like my friends always tell me like, you can do it. You have the movement. You just don't have the experience. Whatever it is you wanna do, you wanna do. And sometimes it really happens that way. But most of the time, I don't feel as comfortable and as the freedom to just, uh, let's say. Yourself, yeah. Okay, an example. I would not just come and throw a true macchio on a down rail out of nowhere, right? right? And it's a trick that I got. Or, uh, I don't know, uh, like a full true porn. It's a trick that if you take me to a little down ledge or a play rail or a quarter pipe, I do it first try no warm-up, right? Yeah. You take me to the down rail, if I will ever do this trick, that will be like a, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Even though, like I said, maybe my friends wouldn't be that surprised because they feel like, they always tell me that my barrier is more of the fear and not experienced enough rather than not knowing how to do these tricks. You just have to like take it to the next step on rail. But I'm, I'm fucking 31 and I don't want to smash my brain nowhere. And um, I'm going slow. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to feel if I'm comfortable, yeah. I'm doing it. Right. If I'm not, chill, you know? And totally. It's important to listen to that. I mean, like, it's not worth breaking, breaking yourself, you know, trying no. stuff. It, it's good to, you know, play in your comfort zone and slowly expand and, and you'll develop that sense of like, am I, am I capable of doing this? You know, you don't want to yes. be the, that reckless kid. Cause you know, your, no. your, your body is fragile. You don't want to, it's not worth breaking over one trick, you know? Yes. And it's, I feel it. It's longer recovery time. Yeah. And um, there is there is something good about this as well because like you said that I'm versatile in a way that I do gaps and because when we went street filming all the time I was looking to do other stuff because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't put the best me on a typical down rail like a 15 stairs down rail I wouldn't you know I would expect myself to maybe do like a full value top acid on it but I felt not comfortable and the next thing I know, like I was looking for stuff that would be as hard or as appreciated, but are just not that. 
you know yeah and uh, like i'm practicing a lot of rail skating today and the last two years maybe maybe three years even i'm i'm slowly developing like confident and understanding because i want it for me like i got i i Mm, I achieved what I desired from a career perspective, right? I have two pro skates. Yeah. I have a name for myself. I'm happy with it. I didn't even expect any of it to happen. If you asked me five years ago, I would probably say, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm just skating, you know? And everything happened in a very positive way for me from a career career perspective. And so anything I do now is literally for me, you know, like. That's a good place to be. Yeah. When I'm practicing something or when I want to smash something on a down rail is because I want to do it because I want to do it, you know, because I didn't have enough of it because I, because, you know, I did the the fucking Cess Royale fucking five years in a row. I did. I did it on anything. I did it over, you know, I have this clip. I do it over a ramp. It's like five meters sessing mm-hmm. all the way down. Like I controlled it to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm not, I know I'm good at it. I can come back to it. I know I'm good yeah. at quarter pipe skating. It's spin to wins. If it's spin to win in a quarter pipe, if it's spin to win to a box or whatever, I know I'm good at it. Like, so I put these things aside a little bit and I was looking for, you know, develop my skill in a different sense. And I'm, that's what I'm doing now. Actually, nice. sometimes I'm not even filming it. It's yeah. just me and me, you know? Yeah. That keeps skating interesting for sure is like just focusing on, on things you're not good at. It, it's, yes. Yeah. It's that beginner's mindset and like, yeah, it makes skating fun. Yeah, interesting. You get, that, you get that feeling that you got when you were just starting out, like even just learning something that people might not be super impressed by, but it's something that it's a weakness of yours. Sure. So it, you get that intrinsic feeling of, of accomplishment just from something simple. For sure. For yeah. sure. I know some. And, and, and I can also, it's funny because sometimes I see, I can, I can sense that like occasionally I put a clip out that I feel very good about and it doesn't get as much engagement or like and I get the feeling that it's probably in the in the very classic skating style it's probably not that hard and this is why it doesn't get as much engagement but I I'm like I'm thrilled about it yeah you get the satisfaction from it that's why, like, yeah, it's it's important not to like focus too much on the feedback that you get, and focus yeah. more on that 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 feeling that you get, because it might Definitely. be something really simple that you do that you're stoked on, because it's outside of your regular skill set. But Definitely. other people aren't going to appreciate it in the same way because you know they don't know that it, that it took a lot of effort for you, yeah, to do it. You know, like a true fishy yeah or like something that's maybe switch or like you know whatever it can be something simple that you do um but that that's really interesting that and it's something that i think about is that like people that that aren't as good at maybe traditional kind of like hammer skating or like rail skating 
they need to look for more creative ways to you yes. know, get a get a clip that's that's impressive or interesting it's almost a good thing because it forces you to like look for you're not just gonna throw something super tech on a rail you're gonna look off to the distance like oh look at this little bank to a wall and skate things that other people might not skate and that's even more interesting in terms of like filming like when you watch an edit and you know it can be almost boring to watch someone just kill a handrail over and over and over um, yes. but if, you, if you don't have that skill then you're going to diversify and look for more interesting terrain that other people aren't skating and that's almost that's probably a reason why you've been so successful is because you do skate you know unorthodox kind of objects and and, and weird terrain um, and it and, <clears throat> and it comes off a lot more diverse because you're not yeah. just just skating handrails i mean there are handrails in there and um, occasionally yeah yeah i i appreciate i appreciate the diversity of your skating it's really dope thank you um, thank you so, very much yeah you said you've had two pro skates you've got the beautiful uh domestic punk uh right behind you mm -hmm. um that's a really interesting uh design were you involved with like the the choices in terms of the colors of and, yeah of yeah so tell me about like your your decisions with the design of the domestic punk. It's a really interesting skate. Yeah. Mm. Um, first thing I remember is that I had this uh, lilac jeans, short jeans that I was not skating in so often, but I was, uh, I was walking with. And I sent, uh, like I, I had uh, all kinds of different ideas. And at some point I sent my team manager because we work on it together with her. Um, I sent her the, the picture of the pants and she was like, you know what? I got exactly that color. And she sent me back like a plastic in a lilac color. And so that was the first step because it's it's like the most important one is like what color is the boot, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we started the testing with this lilac idea. One of the first thing we came about is like black black parts, black sole plate, black parts, black liner, lilac skate, which would have been probably. Uh, a good choice to go with, a, a pretty boring one, but still nobody did a lilac. As far as I can remember, I maybe, you know, when you say nobody did, somebody did, you know? So, I can't remember a lilac skate, but, but, but you're right. It was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like something that we could come up with, oh yeah, this guy did that or whatever. So we were happy already about that, but we had to kind of keep developing it um the 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 idea like not only about the skate or my my concept of skating in general like what i try to do when i produce uh skating in general i want to make it 
fashionable. I wanted to be like up to today's standards. I want, I want to, I'm looking around, I'm looking around at skateboarding, I'm looking around at uh, fashion, looking about around at uh, the hip hop industry and what they're doing, you know, like they, they are, they are always ahead of time because it's, there is a connection between the industry. Let's even, let's just take skateboarding, the most easy for us to understand skateboarding in fashion today is very connected they are collaborating all the time yeah so if you look at some stuff that they do even if it looks a little bit crazy for you at the beginning know that people who are uh professional are sitting behind these ideas right so maybe you don't like everything they do but it's good to look around and have some idea of where where are we going you know like like even now we are back to baggy. We're not the baggy baggy that we were, but we're back to baggy. And and baggy. I, I, yeah, I, I was, I already knew it some time back and it's not because I'm a genius or anything. I just looked at some skateboarding guys and I've seen that for one year long, these motherfuckers are going more baggy, more baggy, more baggy. And I know they are connected with fashion, right? It's not less, it's not even, Sometimes it's not even the skateboarder who brought it. Sometimes it's uh, someone who is more about fashion and he brought it and then it goes down the way, right? So I don't know the process of things. I'm just saying that it's also a possibility. And so, yeah, if, if you pay close attention to other industries and uh, especially music and other extreme sports then you can kind of guess where we're going uh, music fashion and extreme sports like i would say this is the main three things that i'm looking at constantly to aspire inspiration right C can i say that aspirants one yeah aspire, aspire to yeah it's connected aspire, no no okay whatever aspire but you get what i mean yeah i'm taking inspiration from it right so Along the lines of inspiration uh, within skating, uh, do you watch other people skating? Of course. Yeah. Who, of course. Uh, who who do you enjoy watching in in skating? Who do you enjoy watch? Who whose skating do you enjoy watching? Um, I I would say the the top one is brosco right oh yeah yeah there's no there's no doubt about this um but i would even say even more than that i think i get the most inspiration from my friends right uh, yeah in the sessions yeah so in real in real time like i don't need them to put a part out even though i'm involved in all the parts i'm probably filming uh, most of it or at least half of it me together with omri we are yeah. both the guys behind the lens normally. So I know what's happening, but just the most inspiring for me is skating with them and seeing them uh, figuring things out. Yeah, yeah. Every, every time again and again in their own, it, because they have a different, we all have very different skill sets and watching them figuring things out is for me the biggest 
inspiration of all. But in terms of like style or tricks or ideas, um, I would say Brosco. I would say I really enjoy John Bolino since he came back, but I also really enjoy all John Bolino uh, from the sense of, of typical Hummer skating when I'm, when I'm about that sometimes too, you know, like maybe yeah. not at that level, but sometimes I feel like yeah, I, want, I want to drop big shit um it's, it's awesome to have bolino back mm, amazing yeah big big inspiration i would say that um I, let's 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 put it this way one of my favorite videos is uh lost tapes yeah. and the whole the whole uh asian asian mag crew Adam, uh, I would probably kill his last name if I try, but rarely, right? Adam, yeah, I'm you not know, sure. your guess is he, as good as mine. All right, but he's he did some amazing stuff. He had this super fluid, easy style, and he was doing bangers as well. Yeah, like the whole punk rock uh, Asian style. I I really dig it. It's one of my favorite periods to watch actually i go back and watch it a lot um i would say nikla bar is not skating anymore but he was one if not my biggest inspirations in terms of changing um he kind of um, put the 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 light bulb you know what i'm saying like the idea that it can be done differently because right he was the first one that I thought brought something totally different into the table. I'm talking KCMO time. And Definitely, this was yeah. my, my biggest inspiration in terms of like, uh, it can be done differently. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and just generally his style, whatever he brought at that time, I really liked it. I really felt it. I felt like I am, uh, how do you say it? You feel related to it. Right? And I was not that skater. I was totally spin to winning, uh, whatever. Um, I was practicing. I was mastering the fakey sevens in the, on the quarter pipes, 540s on the quarter pipes. And I was more inspired by, by Aragon and Julian Kudut at, at my early like comeback days. Uh, which are amazing skaters, like no doubt. Um, but just just watching Nick at that time, I was I was an I felt like okay, I understand. You know, I was looking at it, and the first time I looked at it, I was like nah, and then I looked at it again, and I was like hmm, and then I looked at it again, and then I was <laughs> like okay, I get it, I get it. This is. This is good. I want I want some of this, you know? Yeah, it was very interesting the way he he could do very pretty basic things, but he would add like little subtle details to it that uh, just made it so sick. And it wasn't, you know, you compare it to Aragon or Julian Cadeau where they would do like the, a very, you know, undeniable kind of hammer like a fakey seven or big spin to a grind a fucking um, fakey seven to a grind right but
but then Nick, Nick would do like a very simple like Royale, but just add some little tweak to it that just made it stand out. Yes. And that, that was an interesting shift where it was like, okay, you don't have to do like the, the world, like a huge hammer. You can do something that's very simple, but add a little element to it that just makes it memorable. And it just 100% that kind of shit just like changed the whole landscape of role biting because because people are seem to be more about those subtle things now. Yeah, it was a very refreshing view on blading. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, people did what he did before this way or another. Yeah. But this was the first time he caught me. And, and I think a lot of others as well. So sure. I think it, it inspired a lot of people in the greater scale that it, it inspired everybody. And I think he was also inspired by other stuff before him. But I think this is something that kind of caught people like me, caught people. I don't know. I think it even inspired Brosco in a way, right? For Not sure. Long after. Oh, big time. Brosco was kind of shifting his own style as well. And I think... Um, you can really see it in Brosco skating. Oh, yeah like a lot of his skating now is, is is a lot more simplistic but you know just adding those little elements yes now now brosco is even in the next step like this is like the the, the total new school like it's it's you know people took it me and other people everybody took it to his own place and just then it you know it 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 gave more seeds and more seeds and more ideas and more brainstorming of skating and it just took off. But for me personally, it started there, even though afterwards I realized even someone like you and Joey already did stuff that resembled that kind of skating, but maybe I didn't know, like, like, some people resemble a lot of stuff that I do to mushroom blading skating and they are right. I just didn't know they are right until afterwards. Like after I was skating that style, I looked back at some of you guys' videos and I was like, damn, they were already doing all of this shit. But yeah. I just didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think, so, I think, uh, yeah, we did, we did some of it and hopefully it influenced people like Nick Labar who did it better and then exactly and then people were able to really grab on to what they were doing because <laughs> they were a yeah, lot he, better at he it brought, he brought uh, he he took it to a place where it's uh where it's it's like he he i think he is cool you know what yeah. i mean i think he just he is cool you yeah. know what i'm saying and i think it was uh his character just taking this aspect of skating, but he brought his character and also being exactly. influenced by skateboarding made it uh, a whole different game. And it, totally. it caught a lot of people. Totally, yeah. Me. It's like he was able to sell the idea. Yeah. With, with yeah. His, his character and his style. That's the thing is like someone can have a great idea, but they're, mm -hmm. not, they're not selling it properly. They're not like the masses aren't going to appreciate it. Or like if the, the really, you know, 
the, the dudes with the magnifying glass, like they'll be able to spot it and be like, oh yeah, that's mm. a great idea. But mm-hmm. it takes someone with, with the style and the skill to really like execute an idea to a point where everyone is like, whoa, like I need to do that trick. You know, I need yeah. to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think, and I think after Nick, there was other people. I think I'm included in these people who took it and, and kind of played with it, changed it, uh, did whatever they could with it, took it to their own place and put it back out even, even to a greater audience right like i would i would i would my best guess is that a lot of people today don't really know who is nicola bar actually for one because he's not skating but but because their inspirations are already different so i could even say if you're probably 20 years old and younger probably don't know right unless you get school very good so because it seems like yesterday, but it's already like KCMO is like seven years ago, right? Or something yeah. like this. Then it came and out, yeah. 2014. I'm not sure, but yeah, that sounds I, about right. I think I think 2014, so that's close to eight years ago, right? We're going Crazy. to, we, we are at 2022. Yeah. So I guess my best guess, if you're 2022, 20, even 20. Three years old and under, you, you don't even know who this guy is, which is funny. And you probably skate, you probably skate like him too. <laughs> yeah, and you don't even know why. <laughs> so you're you're what? Almost 30? I'm 31. 31. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an old dog over it. How do you feel? How how does your body feel? Well, I feel like okay, sometimes I have uh, you can catch me on a day when I feel really <laughs> like I'm almost done. Yeah. But usually I feel very good, very young, very strong, and uh, very much in control of my skating. That I'm very nice. sharp. Yeah. Know, my skating, I feel very sharp. I do, I do things fast, simple, and uh, you know, like if you would ask me, maybe I think I'm the best that I was ever, you know what I mean? From a yeah, control yeah. and sharpness perspective, maybe I'm not like, I don't want to suicide anymore, but... Not as reckless, but... Not as reckless. Yeah, but I could do stuff as reckless, just in a different approach. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, a more calculated approach. Yes. So do, yes. You, do, anything, do you do anything outside of skating? You swim or you jump rope or anything like that? Um, I, I, right now, not anymore, but I used to play some football, but, uh, yeah. like, like European football, uh, yeah. like soccer. soccer. Yeah. Um, but I stopped because it was very easy to be injured in the ankle area. Oh yeah. Even though I really like it. Um, and you know, I do some stretching, I do some yoga. Yeah. I do a lot of skating a lot of skating, you know, yeah. like sometimes if it's a good weather, I can go up to five times a week, you know. Nice. Um, and uh, I go to the massage. I take cold showers. I take hot nice. showers. I mix them. Yeah. You know, I, I drink shakes. I try to eat as healthy as possible. Like I'm not the, I'm not the greatest 
at it, but I'm pretty good. Like I'm eating pretty healthy. Sometimes I have some cheat days for sure. Um, And sometimes I do like a typical workout, home workout, but I definitely feel like I need some more. Even when I say it now, I need some more uh, rollerblading based workout. I need to find stuff that will probably strengthen my knees and uh, around my knees and stuff like this. I need to look into it. But from the little mix of information that I gathered about what is healthy for me and what I need to do from people like Niels, you know what I'm saying, and other people on the internet, yeah. I try to take as much as I could for myself and take it to my lifestyle. Um, and it feels, it feels great. Like it keeps me nice. going, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that becomes really important as you get older is to constantly be looking for ways to optimize your, your strength and your mo- mobility things that like you can kind of take for granted in your twenties, but if you're not on top of it, it kind of fades, starts to fade as you hit 40. But uh, Nils, Nils seems really knowledgeable in, you know, a lot of, you know, stretching and and working Mm -hmm. out and, and he's into cold exposure. I've seen the pictures of him in his lake. Um, You've obviously hung out with Nils quite a bit, right? Like filming, Uh, what was the video uh, game? Got game. game. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. sick. Um, mm. Thank you. Have you you've spent a lot of time with Nils? Yeah, like yeah. as much as possible from from being like totally different places. But yeah, like I yeah I spent I spent quite some time with him. We speak quite a lot. Yeah, so probably every week we or every second week we make a phone call. We talk. We brainstorm we talk about what we're gonna do next who why how um he's a really good friend and i took a lot of inspiration from being around him for one also for skating like nils is is a top skater right yeah so like like i would say like it's a whole different conversation but i would say there's like it's a good thing but there is like a like a tier one, tier two kind of pro skaters and legendary status, right? You know what I'm saying? Which is a good thing because before that, there was not really a tier two pro skater. It wasn't as acceptable, but now it's like, okay. And Nils is definitely like a top top skater on, on the legendary status for me. I've seen him do stuff like first, second try. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, there's not a spot for me. Like, I don't consider it a spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let alone throw a fish brain on it. <laughs> yeah. The only warm up he did was cycling, being on his back and cycling in the air. Wow. With his skates on, go up, go down, topsailing, a drop ledge, Whew. four meters drop. Sketchy, ske- <laughs> you know, I watched it with my own eyes. And I was like, what the fuck does he have that I don't? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I realized that aside from him being just a better skater than I am, which is totally <laughs> fine. And he has more uh, experience. He was doing crazy shit when he was 12 years old. Crazy yeah. shit that we consider crazy today. You know, he was doing when he was 12. So I... Uh, Put that aside, 
because this I could not change time. I could not reverse time, right? But looking at his lifestyle and that he wakes up early and that he feels good and just, you know, what I, what I could take from it, you know, because like I said, reversing back time and practicing handrail skating when I was 12 is not possible anymore. Right. So I, then he was already fish burning down ledges back then. So it makes sense to him to do it today. But definitely, as far as his lifestyle goes and his mentality, is something that I took a lot of inspiration and uh, it took me time to build it up for myself because it's not easy or it's probably is simple, but we're complicated creatures. So, you know, it wasn't easy to let go of a lot of stuff, but I felt like I needed it. And I feel the difference today, the last year. I feel a lot of difference in my overall feeling, also in my mindset, like yeah. oh, also in my relationship with myself in my own mind. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not as complicated right now. It's more simple. There's days and there's days, right? I'm not like, you can imagine I'm not the most simple guy, right? right. But definitely doing this uh, physical activities that kind of signals my brain that I'm taking care of me by actions, not by talkings, by right. actions, right? So if you, so if you take, if you eat healthy and you, and you give up that, that, that nasty, I don't know, super fried, whatever it is, and you choose to eat something healthier today and tomorrow and for some time and you choose to do a cold shower even though it's harder than a hot shower and if you choose to do stretching without saying anything to yourself you're signaling yourself that you're taking care of yourself and that you're loving yourself in a way right right and it comes back around so it's not like i always thought it's the other way around i always thought maybe someone is more simple or someone is easier for him which could be true Depending on on his life circumstances and uh, whatever he gets is in mind in his mind, right? But I'm just saying that doing the actions uh, brought me more quiet time with me in my brain and better sleep as well. A little bit. My sleep is not that great. Yeah, it's a downside. It's a down. It's a, it's a very it's a downfall for me. Like it's not not a downfall, but like it's a it's something that plays a lot also with my skating, I feel like. Uh, but it did help my sleep a little bit. And yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Niels for bringing this vibe and lifestyle to me and that I could see and take inspiration from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting talking about Nils and, and you saying that he's a, a tier one um, and I agree. I think he's like, you know, he's on a crazy level. Um, but I think the interesting thing about skating is that you can, you can be someone like yourself who obviously Nils was killing it when he was 12 years old and he's consistently been working on, on his skating for all these years. And he didn't have a, a stint in prison. He didn't, uh, <laughs> He didn't do heroin. He didn't do, do these things. And it really shows, you know, in his skating. Um, but, but the path that you have been on has led you 
to a very interesting place um, and it's a different place than Nils. I don't think it's better or worse, you know, on an athlete, in an athletic standpoint, Nils might be above you, but in an artistic kind of personality aspect and, and the, the level of excitement that comes through in your edits, you have things that he doesn't have, you know, um, I agree. And I think that's, that's what's so awesome about skating. There's no one path, you know, there's all these different paths and there's different ways of, of expressing that they're all, they're all admirable. They're all impressive. They're different. You know? I agree. Um, I agree a lot. So maybe, maybe saying tier one and tier two, obviously that's, that's, that might be a little bit derogatory to, to people like you, people like, I've always said that I'm not I'm not as pro as Brosco. I know, I know, and I agree with you. you. We cannot we cannot we cannot put it any other way. I agree. We can play around it, and I yes. totally agree with everything you said. Yep. But I'm not as good as Brosco. You it's know true. what I mean? It, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You're not as good as Brosco, and and you could say the same thing about Nils. You're you're not as good as Nils, but no. but there's there's a level of uh of dopeness that comes through in your skating that isn't in nil skating you know I, because I of your journey because of your different path um there's something there's something in your skating that nils doesn't have i agree it, it goes both ways you know it, it's just very cool. it's it's like it's like art you know it's like someone can be incredible at painting uh, like a photorealistic picture. Yes. And, and it's incredible. Okay. Mm -hmm. And those people are extremely talented. But then you have someone like Jackson Pollock who can just like splash paint on a canvas and be one of the most influential painters of all time. Um, and you, and a lot of people will look at that and be like, oh, whatever. It's just paint is he's just splattering paint. Um, but the person who has that skill of the photorealistic thing almost will never, will never create something like the splatters on the paint that has such an impact, you know, and they might not be as remembered. I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting thing. Skating is the same way. I agree. Where like, you know, Nick Labar is not as good as Nils. He's not as good as Alex Broskow, but his path True. kind of led him to be something as interesting, maybe more interesting, um, but not as good. I'm a big fan of Sean C. You know, Sean C. He did like the apples that fell far from the tree and um he he might be before your time even he doesn't skate anymore um not sure but uh he sorry his name was sean colin his real name was okay. sean colin uh he grew up he's skating with shima and he made mm -hmm. some he made some videos some really weird kind of obscure videos mm -hmm. but he wasn't he wasn't very good at skating in like a traditional kind of way but mm -hmm. there was like a level of 
artisticness and you know personality that just came through in his skating and people like that really inspire me people that aren't that good but but they can still really entertain you and be impressive i agree yeah yeah i agree, agree. it's it's a very yeah skating yeah especially today especially, especially today. today yeah it's so like you you could actually take it almost anywhere you want yeah and there will be a crowd for it yeah so i really like this place where we at right now that there is a crowd for i guess everything or almost everything yeah um if you and it's awesome to see those what you call tier two skaters it's awesome to see those people getting you know pro skates and getting support I, by yes. the brands like it's really inspiring yes. for a lot of most people like 95 percent of people will never be a tier one skater they'll never be as good as Nils or alex good, exactly like it's exactly. never gonna happen exactly um, so it's I agree. it's awesome yeah like yeah. aragon or heffy like yeah it's impossible yeah. Right. For, for the <laughs> it's impossible exactly the average so, person it's awesome to see people who who are inspiring for the average person yes getting getting more shine uh and getting promoted by brands um i think that's really good for the sport it's gonna 100 it's gonna breed a lot more people that are engaged in skating yes yeah. it opens up a lot more doors and a lot of more ideas and uh, you know people like 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 you said like some of us tier two pros like i don't i'm i'm scared to say any names so they won't get offended right <laughs> i'm not offended yeah. i know my position right i'm realistic hey i'm tier four but, so <laughs> sorry i i'd say i'm tier four i mean i mean yeah i don't know <laughs> tier four tier three i would put you i would put you somewhere there yeah but yeah. with with a lot of character and <laughs> a lot of ideas like you guys brought a lot a lot of ideas you guys you guys were like when i say you guys i mean you enjoy you really played a lot with yeah. anything that was skating um how do i say it like related you know what I mean? Like oh, everything that was okay. This is how we did it. Now nah, we're gonna try it like this. We want to <laughs> right. take it this way. We're gonna. It's for me. It's amazing. It's a lot of inspiration for sure. And I and I think for many people. And I really am happy that also you guys are getting the recognition today or the last couple of years as well. That like if when I remember hearing like the the basic people okay some people who were more deep in the water maybe they were already inspired by mushroom blading but i remember people seeing mushroom blading as like some kind of uh uh how the fuck i, I don't know the word in english like a cynical like a right. cynical way to present skating they didn't yeah. understand that it's not exactly cynical way um when i was when i just came back i'm talking 2011 12 13 maybe you know yeah and 
later in the years, I think a lot of people realized it's not it's not that. It's just it's just brainstorming ideas, you know what I mean? And just playing with different approach and different ways to do things. And you guys were just open-minded enough. Exactly. You know, yes. something that a lot of us, and I would include me in that, even though I am considered today maybe someone who brings something new, I was also not open-minded enough for many years to do it differently, the way you guys put it. Right. And and it's amazing. And I'm I'm happy that you guys get the inspiration. So yeah, definitely, like you say, tier two, tier three, tier four doesn't really matter in the sense of creation. Right. Um and sometimes what? like like for people like myself, it's almost it's very freeing to, you know, not be trying to be a tier one or a tier two or even a tier three. It's just like you can be totally free with you don't have to worry about your brand so much. I, I which agree. is which is uh which is funny because it has become a very strong brand uh mushroom blading but like we it never is. we were free to just like we weren't i guess we weren't concerned about our own brands like i wasn't trying to get my name on a skate or anything like that i was doing things that was were just like just having fun and so there's mm. there's power in that there's power in like just being in not trying not trying to being flexible flexible yeah Flexible free, in your mind. Free to explore. Free and flexible, yes. Yeah, nothing to lose. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. place to be in. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I can say that today I am more close to that place than ever in, and especially in my personal life, more, even more than the skating life. You know what I mean? Like I'm way more flexible. Um, even just in, in my ego like I can play with a lot of ideas that I couldn't before. Um, right. Even just not being the greatest or not being the prettiest or not being the, I don't know, like the funniest or the, 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 the big shot or someone that everybody pay attention to. Like, like imagine that I can go to the Winter Clash and be asked for taking photos and signing and you know like you have this cert certain sense that you are an important person here and then i can go back home and be somewhere else when i'm not even like nobody even bothers to shake my hand right. and and i really like this idea actually yeah. i really it's like healthy. to play with yeah yeah it's healthy that, because you're it's not like everywhere you go, people are like, oh, wow, look, there's Bobby. Um, Got to get no. my photo. It almost puts it into perspective, kind of the absurdity of it. And it, yeah. it keeps your ego in check. Because if it was happening exactly. all the time, you'd probably have a huge head. And <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is a whole, this is a whole, it's a whole process that you go through in your in the time where you are like, uh, when you start to blow up, you start yeah. to get the followers, you start to get the likes. Like at some point, at some point, 
maybe three years ago, I, and I'm not just saying this. I used to get like 50 messages a day, wow. a fucking day. People like, you know, saying nice, good stuff, it, it, you know, sometimes bad stuff, but whatever. I, I used to get all the time messages, messages, and it fucks with you. You know, like you get yeah. confused. It's a natural thing. It's a good thing it happened to me when I was 28 or 29 and not when I was 20 or 18. Or I don't know what the fuck was going on at that time, but it fucks with you and it plays with you and it confuses you of, of what do you think of yourself? What do people think of you? Or what is your real position? And uh, it, was a, it was a process of, um feeling important and then having to understand that i'm not really important right. and kind of play with both the worlds until you kind of come to a place where you understand that it's just you and you eventually and you need to feel good with yourself and this this yeah. like what's so-called clout will pass it will pass naturally maybe yeah. i will stay in the game maybe i will have a company maybe i will still be important in a way but you cannot let it uh well it's not about what you can or cannot do because when it happens to you you don't control it you know what i'm saying like your ego and your self-worth is building up upon what's happening right and then you have to kind of destroy it and build it up again from a different place right a more and realistic think, place like if you, yes. yeah if you build it up upon you know comments on instagram or messages of people who don't really know you they might just really like your skating and you build yourself up to be this you know very important figure that shit can come crashing down really quickly because it's exactly. really not built upon like a solid foundation and it, it probably will crash as yeah. well and that's it the will. thing and it happens i think it's a natural process it's a small time for us rollerbladers because what we're talking about a couple of tens of thousands right right but for imagine if you're a rock star you know oh, you're like man. you're you're like super important Inflated, and yeah you get you get fucked up and yeah. when it crashes and it normally crashes and there's just you there and you have to kind of find out who the fuck it is that you're living with and it's a good thing i'm in recovery and i'm going to you know to uh like a psychologist and you know i'm, I'm taking a lot of actions during my week like on a weekly nice. basis, almost a daily basis, not a daily, but almost a daily basis, four times a week, I'm going somewhere for treatment, for understanding, for psychology, for talking, for letting things out, for figuring things out. And it's a good thing it happened during this time where I can, where I can be in contact with it and not lose myself. Right. And, and I never did lose myself too much, but I definitely felt, and I was almost, almost a little bit aware of what's happening and i was realizing that this kind of thing can make someone go mad you know what oh, i mean yeah. even if it's such a small time scale you know what i mean um have you have you dealt with like depression anxiety of course yeah still do 
yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. It still catches me. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not always happy. I'm not always thrilled to go skate. And some days I I feel like I can barely handle my shit. Uh Yeah, things are happening in my life today as well like it doesn't necessarily show through social media and uh it's it's a sad thing but it's also like i don't know i don't i don't feel the need to share it through social media not because i'm scared or not because um not because i want to be drawn as a super positive figure or anything like this really not it's not about that it's just it just doesn't feel right because i have my my uh platforms to take it to like the psychology you know what i mean right so it's kind of like a house like like you know when you're like you could be in a relationship and and if everything happens in the house all the time it just becomes like a like a maze that you know what i mean maze is the right word like when you cannot find a way out of it but if the two persons take it somewhere else where the different platforms and come back they it works better this way and like outlets yeah and that's yeah. what i'm doing as well with with social media if 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 things happening in my life very occasionally i would say something about it in the in story or whatever like i'm not having the best day or whatever i could write a little thing on it yeah because i want people i want people to know that it's not perfect right you know i want people to know that being a pro skater for one is a fucking hard job like okay let's let's talk some numbers right yeah i post a lot means i'm clipping a lot um i have to practice all the time i sometimes i sometimes i have like like i literally have a job to do meaning i need to like if i have a pro skate and i want to get the video i need to get the video it's not your fun and uh, and chill time with your homies oh i got the clip i have one month motherfucker it's time yeah. to get banger you know what i mean yeah and, and it's there's pressure there's pressure to make it good and exactly you yeah. you there's things happening it's not only fun yeah sure it's what i want to do but it takes something and especially that i'm so active through social media because i believe it's it's the way to 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 do it at the moment you know what i mean i'm yeah. listening to what's happening around and at least i try my best to do it so you know you see all the time I'm uh, one two three clips in the park that I post almost weekly sometimes even day to day and I go out there and I get the clips and sometimes I don't I feel a little bit tired and I start skating a bit and I'm like okay let's get the clips let's do the reel let's do this and I'm motivated to do it but sometimes it's a bitch you know sometimes it's hard sometimes it takes the fun out of it sometimes yeah. it, it's not it's not for everybody I'm telling right. you right here and now it, to be a pro skater to be a very active pro skater it's not for everybody maybe some people and I don't know who to put I I cannot think of someone but maybe some people really really don't need to change much like maybe 
they are a pro skater somehow and they provide not so many clips so they don't feel that much pressure to be out there all the time or whatever um and they just you know they get what they get when they get and maybe they don't have a salary or maybe they don't have a this you know i have like a uh amount of clips and amount of videos that I need to provide and it's written down in the contract so you know I know what I need to do and some of these things is not easy it's it's a lot yeah. of work so do you and have like a do you have a certain amount of clips that you need to post like is that a part of your contract not on my personal but I need to provide I need to provide to get extra money okay so like so like um I have a deal with both with Hidon. With Hidon is more like a flexible deal. Like, yeah. okay, you don't do it, you don't get any money. Actually, no, with Rosis is the same. It's a flexible deal, but I need the money because the money is my food, right? Right. So, so you know, like sometimes it's, it's a very different game when you go get the clips because you need to pay the rent. Yeah crazy it's it, it really changes things sometimes in a good way but yeah. you have to learn to be in a in a relation a good relation with this thing what you have to do what you don't have to do when you have to chill when you have to let go when it's time to work when you cannot let go today you get the clips sometimes it's like this like today you get 10 clips motherfucker i don't care how you feel you know because yeah. you need to provide because in a couple of days uh the time for the timing for you to provide the clip for this month which is uh let's say it's a hundred euro to give them a, a insta clip for example sometimes it's more but you know that's such a that's such a yeah that's such a crazy concept that you would need to film yourself do tricks on rollerblades so that you can pay for your rent it's amazing, right? It's yeah. crazy, amazing. Like, yeah. like, and especially when you tell it to someone outside, it's like, "That's what you're doing." <laughs> My job. Yeah. So this and is. So you are a full-time pro skater. Do you have like a day job? Do you do any work no. on the side? No, it's just skating. I do. I do. I get some stuff and I sell some stuff for the community, like a little gypsy style shop wheels bearings someone wants skates they can order from me i get the skates for them i get some commission for it so it's yeah. a little extra money that i that i try to push uh see where so it's like it a bit of a me. like a bit of a retail like online a little retail. bit yeah very small scale retail yeah. to also for me to play with the, the idea i'm not putting a lot of efforts for it because i don't have the mindset at the moment like um like i'm i feel like i'm a pro right now and i need to be a pro i i'm, I'm not supposed to be a businessman at the moment that's yeah. what i'm feeling i feel like there will be time for it and i right. i hope that i will feel the the fade in between the worlds i definitely want to keep uh to stay in the blade game you know i don't right. want to just say okay thank you for the pro skates I get a better job. See you later, right? Yeah. I want to stay in the in the in the blade game, but 
I hope that I will fill the time where it fades good and naturally to the point where I can go and do a little more business. But from right. now, so you're kind of dabbling like, right now in the business side and kind of see what what speaks to you. Yes, a lot. Yeah. Actually, it's very important because I, I'm not I'm not good with everything. You know what I mean? I'm definitely not good with everything. And like one of the things I'm worse with is organization. But for example, I realized that one of the things I'm good with, aside from social media, which is a skill that I acquired while doing this, is also design and just ideas. Like I'm good yeah. at brainstorming ideas for the skate, for example. You know what yeah. I mean? I did it with Martina. And I did most of the skate. She came out with the with the red liner, which uh, for her, how the oh, fuck I don't know the word, but like for uh, to say a good word about her, the red liner was the bomb. Yeah, so makes that it. was dope. That was that was the thing she pushed for sure. And uh, we came we came about it together, and it's something that I enjoy doing. I did some clothes for XCCV. I, I even skate bought some. I heard they sell good, so you know, like I feel like there's things I'm better at, and there is if if I would to to do a company, I would definitely need people to do the stuff that I'm not good at. And for sure, yeah, that's everybody. Everybody would need yeah. people, you know, to. Out, outsource certain things it's pretty rare to be good at everything you know exactly it's good to figure out what your strengths are what you know what what you do best and then surround yourself with people who do the other things well definitely yeah and i realized yeah like i'm i have uh, i have ideas and i love clothing i love fashion yeah. And I love brainstorming. I love checking in the internet for colorways, for stuff. What's cool? What's not? Like I'm, I'm researching a little bit about this stuff. Like I'm not. I'm probably not doing the best job in the world, but I'm doing something. You know what yeah, I mean? That's smart. And I feel more connected to it. Uh, I like to be aware. You know, like it's not. It's a, It's like. It's like. Okay, you're gonna get a pro skate. What do you want for colors? So, like, my first pro skate was maybe not that thoughtful as the next ones, where I realized, okay, I'm not just gonna do a pro skate. Let, let, let's check it out. Let's see what it can bring more to the table. Let's see how we can make it like really interesting and really. And the skate sold very quickly, you know, very quickly. Like from the yeah. Roses Warehouse, it sold in 24 hours. Wow. 24 hours. And from what I heard, don't catch me on the word, but from what I heard, it could have sold it more. I so bet like they, if it all they, sold out in 24 hours. Did, yeah, they did They did way less, like three yeah. times less than what it could have sold. For sure. And it was also out of the shops very fast. So it was like, it was a huge success in terms of sales. You know what I mean? And... And I'm not taking, like, there is other aspects at that moment. There was the Corona wave. There is other stuff. It's not only that this is the greatest skate or whatever, or something like this. There was right. other it's a combination of a lot of factors, yes, right? For sure. Yeah. But it was definitely a sign that 
that, that being more thoughtful and doing some research and coming up with nice ideas can definitely can definitely do something special and also uh, also provide sales eventually for sure you know what I mean so did you get like a good cut of the sales revenue not really no because <laughs> with process we have a deal a different deal yeah I get a salary okay and I get and I get royalties small royalties for other skates too for like team skates and stuff like uh, this yeah and uh, there's different things that is happening so like the focus is not like I'm I'm gonna be 100% honest I'm still trying and we're always talking and we're trying to raise the amount of royalties we get regardless yeah so this is like the truth and it's still in the conversation and it still didn't happen but from pure money perspective or from pure system perspective the roses system actually works better for me as a pro skater than a system that gives me let's say 40k but once in who the fuck knows when right and who the fuck knows when is the next time so you could imagine uh, and not to say anything bad about it it's just it's just two different systems that right now i feel like if i would tomorrow get a pro skate that will give me 40k the, the if you take away the last three years that i can do skating that would kill my career probably because right. i would have to work a job at that time and and this gave me the opportunity not to work a job and eventually eventually um it comes out to be almost the same money right you know just, what i mean just spread out so, couple of years yes it's true yeah. but i can but i can count on this money i yeah. can count on it right here and now and so i would say that if if uh john would eventually and i think he he wants to get to that point i i believe this is what he wants but eventually when when he will be able to have a system where he can add a salary then that would be perfect like a big yeah. cut a big cut from the skate that you get and and, and uh, i see at them skates they don't get the skate every year sometimes not every two or three right even i think brosco skate was 2019 maybe 18 yeah it's been a couple of years since then and it's brosco so it's not so regularly but then if there will be an added salary then this, it will definitely look a lot more like the system that rollerblading needs right now yeah that's a very good and point. I wish, I wish that Roses would, in the next couple of years, will raise the, the royalties. And that, that, that feels like a perfect system. It doesn't happen right now. They have their own thoughts and own ideas why it doesn't happen. And yeah. I have to accept it, you know, like it is what it is. Like, you well, don't. It, seems, it, it seems to make sense. Like, it. it, it it gets a lot of publicity and it's really glamorous when someone gets like a fat royalty from a skate. It's like, Oh, look at this company. They're giving this much um, royalty on the pro skate, but it's a good point that they're not getting that pro skate every year. 
Um, and Danny Beer is not going to quit his job right now, right? Right. Um, so you so might, cannot, you might, you you might not get time. a, yeah, you might not get a, a big fat royalty on your pro skate, but if they've been paying a salary all these months, um, it's going to equal about the same, if not more in, uh, yes. for the for cumulative me, of, uh, the accumulation of the salary. Um, so it almost seems more sustainable to have a salary as opposed to that one big paycheck. Um, I, I agree. So I'm not, I'm not going to shit on that. Not at all. Uh, it almost, yeah, no, it's a great, it is, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's just not perfected yet. It's a great idea not to take anything from right. it. It's great. This is what it should be. You know what I mean? Like if someone gets a pro skate, get a fat, you get a fat check. It's a good concept as is. A little bonus. But then it's time to realize how these people can skate for like a full-time job. And for that, they need a steady income. Right. And I would say that uh, Nils, like in these three years that we work with Roses, Nils is working four years. I, I'm pretty sure Nils already did more than this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has a little bigger salary than I do. And I should be around the same soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like thinking about it, hmm, when there will be an added salary to it or, or some kind of different concept, maybe uh, money per clips. I think it's a great thing. You make your pros work. They need to work. They need to provide clips. You know, this is, this is their job. Their job is not to give high fives. It's part of it, but small <laughs> part of it. Right. right now, social media is asking, you know, when you guys talk to John, I listened to it. It was very interesting, by the way. It was a great conversation. He said something about, um, about being visible. Right. Yeah. And being visible is not only one way. There's many ways to be visible. Um, one of the ways is like you guys talked about is the blading cup, is the competition, is outdoors, people come and go. It's, you know, one way is uh, having a shop outside, one way is having a poster, uh, like a big poster, one way is uh, paying in the Facebook or Instagram or YouTube for. Uh, uh, paid content, right? Where where it goes all over the place. And what I think at the moment, one of the ways is through social media, because it's like a TV basically. It's oh, like a, time, yeah. it's like a big, it's like a TV airtime, small small time scale. Sometimes, unless you get reposted, but it's like an infinite amount of TV channels. An infinite amount of people who you know participate in this TV and they consume it, and ah, oh, so stupid me, the phone is in front of me. I wanted to, <laughs> but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In the last three months, I checked. I checked uh, a couple of hours ago. In the last three months, I was. Uh, I had a reach with my videos of half a million accounts, not views, accounts wow. that are not following me. Wow. That are not following me. Again, 
a yeah, reach of half a million accounts that are not following me. And I didn't have a specifically crazy viral video. And most of my videos didn't even include, for that matter, any flips. Okay, I posted a flip yesterday, but <laughs> most of them didn't include any any flips or some kind of crazy bail or something that is more likely to be uh, a viral kind of a viral video, right? Yeah. So it wasn't nothing like that. It was pure skating. Okay, how you know someone can say this is not skating, but you know it was pretty much me doing tricks. Uh, relatively classic skating in the skate parks or the streets, uh, grinds, gaps, spins, whatever. And, and it reached in the last three months only, only in my channel, again, only in my channel, we're not speaking other channels, half a million accounts that are not following me. So that's a big wow. range. And when you understand this we we don't know the uh, how will it affect things but if a lot of pros would pay more attention to what they could do through this platform oh, yeah. and try their best to use it and imagine this is just me what about Niels? yeah what about air Damon? what about uh dimitrios right right they all like people who you know um, that is a lot of visibility yeah when you break exactly. it down like that. it's a lot of reach yeah. through social media people see rollerblading more and more and more and they get to see a pretty good side of it as well right not right. only males or someone falling on his balls and it's all funny in games you know what i mean like right like classic yeah no it's a good point and 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 this is i think eventually i i think this is my job you understand this is my job i for me for me for me of course i promote roses and they sell perfect we understand the relationship right they don't pay me because i'm good they don't and and they shouldn't it's not about that you know there is other aspects that you have to know like you can be the greatest right. of all time but if you're not lucky enough to have someone carrying your name out there, you there is no need of a company in you. No matter how much they like you, no matter if it's a skater-owned, like you could come and tell me, oh, this is a skater-owned and we, we actually recognize that this guy is good in skating. Okay, but this guy is good in skating, but this guy is not good for skating. This is whole different things. Right. And... I think for me and I think for some other skaters and I hope for every everybody, I think that's what should be the mindset of like skating comes first. Like what is good for skating, you know, as a pro skater, what is good for skating? Not what is good for me, not right. what is good, what what is good for skating and with with like a mix and balance between what is good for skating like in general and what can you bring and what and what do you want to bring as well not you know because 
we can all say that flipping in social media is good for scaling visibility. And there is, it's great that some people do it. But for me, for example, I don't necessarily want it. I don't necessarily want skating to be portrayed that way into the, into the big mass. I actually want them yeah. to see the little maneuvers, the set slides, the spins, the control. You know, I want them to see this stuff. And so it's like a mixture. But with the first thing in mind is what is good for skating always. And when this is the priority, I think I think we will grow the fuck up. You know what I mean? And I mean, yeah. That's, That's a good point. Want. Yeah. Not being like selfish about it, but what's gonna what's the best thing no. to roll biting? Because we always but then also balancing it with like what do you genuinely want to do? Like what is yes. what brings you the most joy? You know, so there is an element of selfishness, but it's but it's balancing the two right it's like exactly. what do i love doing but what is good for the the culture what's good for rollerblading and not just good for me exactly yeah. sometimes you have to step out a little bit of that comfort zone you know what i mean you right. have to step out but what what do you think i'm like the most out there guy that is like super easy being on social media and whatever and talking or writing so i'm not i'm not necessarily that guy all the time but it's, it's the exact balance. I'm not super that guy. I don't have a vlog at the moment. I don't feel comfortable with it. I'm not with the camera all day in my face or whatever talking, right. which could be good for skating too. Some people say it's a great, uh, it's a great thing because people relate to the person more. Yeah, and, and when it matches that person's personality, right? Like when it's, when it's natural, you know, it works, but it's not for everyone. Exactly. You know, I'm not that type of person either. And if, if I tried to do it, it wouldn't come off very good. You got you to be true to who you are, right? To a certain degree, but also step out of your comfort zone. It's right. like a good balance, right. but it's yeah, important it's cool. balance. It's important to say that because it's very easy to be on your own coolness. You know, I'm not, you know, like, come on. Okay, let's be honest here for once. One of the reasons that I am a pro skater today is because, and I say it all the time and it's fine. I'm totally fine with it. I brought the, the Instagram video uh, way of cutting and filming to rollerblading, not to the world, to rollerblading. Right? I took it from other sports and I said, or maybe I wasn't the first guy. But maybe I was the first one to be noticed, or maybe I was the first one to do it right or better, or maybe I was just lucky. Doesn't matter. I would technically brought the concept and put it to blade. And I think at least two years afterwards, if not three, if not till today, there were still people, and I'm talking about people who are like good or even pros who are still like, uh, social media, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not so cool, uh, TikTok, and uh, it's okay, but, but come on, guys, like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 we're beyond that, and this right. is, this is the life at the moment, so, so it's very easy to be stuck in your ways, and keep yeah. doing that, you know, the way you want to do it, and being the shadows and put but let me tell you right there, right here and now i'm gonna say it as is 
if not motherfuckers like me and other people who put all the work in social media, rollerblading dies. Right. It died not because of me, like person like Bobby Spass keeps rollerblading alive, but it's many, many other people Everyone, who do yeah. it. And, and yeah, we can say everybody together pushing the ship, but we have to understand that we're pushing this ship. It's not, in the 90s, it pushed itself because it was a concept. So right. rollerblading was a new concept, but it's not a new concept anymore. And someone needs to keep pushing that ship. You know what I mean? And if if all the pros right now, right here now, tomorrow, we go down the to the lab and start filming a, a fucking video for two years and not releasing any clips and being shy with social media and all this shit, like who's gonna carry the ship, motherfucker? Who's, right. who, who's gonna see rollerblading? We, you talked with John about visibility. When is it gonna be visible? Right. You know what I mean? And and this is what I'm saying. Like we have to do it collectively. And of course, there's different ways. So Instagram is not the only way. The way I do it is not the only way. There is plenty other ways we can think of. Like, but the, but, but that's funny to break it down. And like, if you were to lose all of those Instagram people that's a huge blow to the, the total volume of visibility. It's of that like it, steady stream of visibility. It's, right? it's also, you know, you know how you see people like come and go out of skating, you know, how there's, there's people come in the skate park, they stay for one year. So there is also, it's like a big, like, it's like a big, I don't know how to explain, but like, like there is a something circling and there is, there is like uh, holes in the bottom and, and things fall in the hole and only a few things really stuck. Right, and it's like in the an, filter. It's endlessly spinning, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we have to put more things in it. We have to put more and more and more and right. we do it through social media. We do it for competitions. We do it for uh, maybe a fashion magazine like Demskates did or maybe we do it through skate schools, one of the best actually, one of the most, like, let's put it this way. If you put little sands and they always fall in the holes, like skate school will probably put the bigger rocks. You know right. what I mean? It's very, it's very close up and personal. The more and people... passionate, more engaged rocks. Exactly. Well, yeah, there's like different levels to this, right? Like, like there's there's just the level of attraction where you're just like maybe grabbing someone's interest, and then there's a level of yeah. like fostering that interest, right? Uh, you know, providing good places for them to skate, providing education, providing like skill development, things like that, that really build these big rocks, the rocks that aren't going yeah. anywhere and maybe can create other rocks and things like that. Um, yeah. We also need to provide them a place to stay afterwards. Right. Because it's not only the spinning, this is the first part. The first part is this big spin, all the visibility and People just go, they buy skate or they take from someone and they buy second hand or whatever and they come and they are, some people get stuck. But uh, if it keeps spinning enough, they're going to fall in some hole if we don't have a good net to catch them. You know what I mean? Right. So like, so like I can tell you in Israel, plenty of kids that saw me through TikTok because actually I did a couple of really good videos on TikTok with a lot of viral and especially visibility in Israel. And some kids bought skates and maybe they're not in Tel Aviv or a big city where they have 
other people to skate with. They, the skate they bought, the money brought in, which is also good, but they didn't stay. They skated for half a year. They tried. They had no partners. Right. And examining, why, and examining why that happens. You know, why do people, you know, start skating and then lose interest? Is it because they got the wrong skates for them or they didn't fit properly or maybe they don't have a place to do it? You know, there's all these factors, you know. Exactly. And how we do we come study? How do we, we as, as, as an industry, as leaders, yeah. as influencers, as skaters, as, as, as any skater as well, any skater that will hear this podcast and maybe he's not, he's not a pro skater, he's not even close. He's, I don't know, he's just a beginner, but he's just maybe old enough or educated enough, or I don't know, he could actually listen and see through and he could see what he could do in this situation and how he could approach maybe that new kid. Even as a beginner, it doesn't right. have to be me who approaches that kid. You know, even though I'm very approach, I'm trying to be very approachable. Probably not always. Sometimes I'm focused <laughs> in my skating. I come yeah. to shred. And sometimes I like it. Like, okay, kids, don't talk to me. Look how I skate. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Yeah. But most yeah. of the times I try to be approachable and easygoing and whatever. Yeah. But it's not only us, the pros or the leaders or the influencers. It can be anyone in skating. And, and again, it comes back to the point where we put skating first. Right. Because even this is... Even this is very easy for a guy to sit there and say, hey, you know what? I don't feel comfortable talking to that kid. I don't <laughs> right. feel comfortable approaching you. It's Often that, that comfort thing, it's like, yeah, it's an excuse for sure. You know, that's not and sometimes me. I don't, it's I don't okay. That, yeah. Sometimes it's okay, but sometimes you have to step out a little bit and think about blading as a right. whole right. in all kinds of levels, from the pro, from the industry person, to the to the guy who just bought skates and listened to this and have some more awareness and he likes skating and he thinks that skating should and wants it to grow yeah you know what i mean it's so true it, it can be a little bit overwhelming you know thinking about that big picture um because this is such a big world and there's so many different factors and variables to like who's gonna get into skating and are they gonna stick with it it's like, we need, we need, you know, do you know world of meters, worldofmeters.com? No. I think that's the, there's a website and it's like, uh, it just, it's just all statistics and it shows uh -huh. you how many people there are in the world, how many people have died. There's all these uh -huh. like okay, okay. numbers, right? I think it's world of meters. We need something like that for skating where it's like number of participants and it's this like ever-changing number. Yeah. It's like uh, number of people who don't skate anymore, they stop skating and it's a changing number and number of skates sold this year. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if we True. had something more statistic based like that, we could really start, you know, making scientific kind of, decisions about like what do we need to do where yeah. do we need to focus our efforts you yeah because it, it's so overwhelming and we're just kind of like walking around in the dark because you know i mean you can look in locally in your town or whatever and see what's going on yes. to try to yeah. think of this shit globally like this is a big yes. world and there are so many like i, I just want to know how many rollerbladers there are in the whole world yeah, it's a good question how many, I don't skates, know how many skates sold 
in in the whole world. I mean, every every company would have their number, you know, but it would just be so interesting to have like a a, we need a, it. a database where you can look at all this shit and, and make decisions like how many how many minutes of skating are being viewed by people who don't rollerblade. I don't know. Some of these yeah. obviously it's it's impossible to get gather this data, but I don't know, just to give us a, a more clear sense of what we're dealing I'm, with. I'm doing it with my own stuff. Yeah. This is the yeah. best I can do. And, yeah. And and yeah, definitely it's something that should be out there more. Definitely. People should know, and especially the industry, they should know what the fuck is going on and what's like what's pushing, what's working, uh, right. what happened this year. Of course, it's in a global scale, it's maybe impossible to know everything, but it's also kind of relaxing to know that you cannot know everything and we cannot know everything at once. No. So we can just do our best at what we do and take that little part and know that we are uh, contributing to the bigger picture in the, little, in the little way that we can. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. definitely numbers and figures it's uh yeah it's so important and statistics it's so important and also for myself i try to gather the statistics like i have a file here on the computer and i can tell you how many views i did this year for my channel for rose's channel um i didn't check so much for reposts because i wasn't yet aware probably this year i will know better because if I will be tagged in a repost, like a, a big scale repost, you know, like I had last year, not this year, last year I had a, a couple of good reposts of a million or, or half a million views that are not in the, the social media of me, XCCV, Hidden Skate or Roses, where I know the numbers a little bit. Um, but I'm take, I'm, we're talking like millions of views through Instagram alone. Crazy. and uh yeah yeah it's good it's good it's real it's real numbers it's real numbers you yeah. know what i mean it's really happening and, and that's crazy just, that, just from one person too just you know. exactly you know what i'm saying and this is a great 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 reach and i think that this is a very good time for rollerblading to use the platforms for once if we could do something as a whole in the right time because we're always seem to come five or six steps afterwards after yeah. everybody already came through and did it uh, like uh, one thing one thing that i can say that with the instagram uh, game and the tiktok game we didn't come that that late you know yeah so there was people very first in, on tiktok like frankie he did millions of views on TikTok, tens of millions of views, Frankie alone through TikTok. And from what Frankie I heard, somewhere. he also did some money on it. So, you oh. know, so yeah, he took a chance and he used it. If for once we can do it collectively, that would be nice. You know what I mean? So all of these factors, I think in a couple of years time, we will we will see that this social media and this hard working time of some people who I hope will really bring 
in a couple of years' time, I hope it will really bring a lot of fruits. All, so, all yeah. the collective work, the dam, the roses, the the USD, the razors, everybody, you know, like it, yeah. I, I, if you ask me, I can criticize everybody this way or another, right? Because I, because I'm passionate about it, because I'm thinking about it, not because I hate, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, hey, this is not just, they're not doing this right. They're not doing, and I'm probably wrong about some stuff too. Who the fuck am I? But, but it's still a conversation I have in my head, you know what I'm saying? But as a collective, I think, we have more to learn, more to improve, and but I think we're doing something right now. Something is happening the last couple of years. Definitely. I think social media is a big part of it. You know, yeah. the, the, we are connected as a community, you know what I mean? Big time. We, we know each other, we see each other. Yeah. Well, Bobby, this has been great. We've done, I think, a little, <laughs> a little over two hours. Oh my God, what? <laughs> that was... Well, what's the time? What's the time? Oh, yeah, 9.15. That was amazing. Yeah, I need to go skate, actually. My friends are <laughs> in the skate park. Yeah, nice. really close by. Yeah, that was super fun, man. Thank you. Thanks a lot for uh, taking the time. And yeah, this yeah, was really I mean, interesting. We could have talked probably for two hours more easier without easy. noticing. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. We'll have Hopefully to do this we again. Do again. For sure. Yeah. Well, all the best to you. It's so exciting to hear all the stuff that you're doing. And Thank yeah, you. it was awesome to sit Thank down and chat with you, dude. Thank you. You too. You yeah. too, for real. Well, enjoy right. the rest of your evening. Yeah, I'm going to go skate. We did Sweet. the skate talk. Now we need to do the skating. For sure. Well, have fun. Thank you. Thank you. Peace, Peace out, buddy. <laughs>